As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Star Wars 7x7, episode 791. Today we are updating you on Rogue One, episode 8, and the Han Solo movie. Punch it, Chewie. No traps, no moisture, no committees. Just rebel-rousing fun for everyday Jedis. It's the Star Wars 7x7 podcast with your host, Alan Voivod. Destiny Unleashed. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and we're going to go backward with this stuff this time around because there's some stuff that's come out about Rogue One that could be considered spoilerish if it's stuff that you don't want to know. I mean, it's stuff that's come out from an official source, so in that sense, I don't necessarily consider it a spoiler because... It's, you know, stuff that was actually allowed out, basically. You know what I mean? It's not a leak or anything like that. It's a legit deal, but it's big enough that if you're trying to avoid details about Rogue One, I want to give you the chance to stay away from it. So I think we're going to save that one toward the end. And so we're going to go backwards, and we're going to talk about the Han Solo movie first, of which there is one bit of news that is worth sharing. So Donald Glover is an actor who had been rumored to be playing or auditioning for the role of a young Lando Calrissian for the Han Solo movie and speaking to a Time Magazine reporter he was asked directly about that rumor and he says yep there are rumors I mean I grew up on it my dad was a big fan I had all the toys when I was little I had a Darth Vader with a lightsaber he has it was cool it's a dynasty it's like the Bible I love that franchise that's the quote-unquote and you'll notice that all he does is acknowledge there are rumors but he doesn't actually say anything about whether he auditioned for it, or whether if he did, he has the part or doesn't have the part, nothing, absolutely nothing, which says to me that this is somebody who has taken the Lucasfilm NDA very seriously. No loose lips sinking starships. That non-disclosure agreement is airtight with him. Though I got to say, personally, I love the idea of a young Lando appearing with a young Han, and I'd love to know from you, do you think a young Han Solo movie absolutely has to have a young Lando in it as well? Chime in at the comments of the blog post for this show's episode at SW7X7.com. All right, let's talk about episode eight now, and a rumor going around that, or at least... You know, it's something that's been possibly blown out of proportion a little bit. Some outlets are freaking out about the fact that Mark Hamill tweeted something about his beard. You know, he shaves it off between movies. He loves doing that because he would much rather be clean-shaven. And he tweeted about it and said, you know, it's gone at least until episode 9. Now, of course, everybody's going, episode 9, he just confirmed he's in episode 9. And not every outlet picked up on this particular fact, some of them did, is that he could be in episode 9 and still be 
be dead. And you know what I mean by that, of course. You could be a force ghost or, you know, now that they're entering into the realm of flashbacks or forcebacks, as it was referred to with The Force Awakens, you know, there's a case to be made that he could just show up in a flashback, too. So just because he's tweeted and said, you know, at least until episode nine doesn't mean a thing, really, as far as anything that's been revealed about the results of episode eight and what episode nine has in store for us. Not to mention the fact that Mark Hamill has been known to be a tease from time to time and say things that he doesn't mean or say things and then go back on them and just goof around with you. So, yeah, ultimately don't put too much stock in the being back for episode nine thing because, you know, it could go any one of a bunch of different ways. In other episode eight news, Daisy Ridley appeared on a podcast not too long ago and talked about the title for episode eight and said that she heard a title but doesn't know if it's going to be that, that particular title. She says, I really don't know much about anything. I heard the title a long time ago before we started filming, and so I feel some things have slightly tweaked during production. It's going to be a while before it's released, I imagine. And I think I'd have to agree with that. Just looking at the way that they promoted Rogue One compared to the way that they promoted Episode Seven: The Force Awakens, it does seem like they have very much compressed the timetable of their promotions. I mean, they had a ton of time to string stuff out for The Force Awakens, but now because they're on this whole schedule of one movie a year, one movie a year, they really have to be careful about how they space information out and make sure that they give each movie its own moment in the sun. I mean, think about the fact that we didn't get our first Rogue One trailer until the middle of April after the release on DVD of The Force Awakens. So The Force Awakens dominated the conversation from its release date on December 18th all the way through its release date on video on, on excuse me April 5th and there was no Rogue One stuff at all no official stuff I mean we were all talking about it and getting a hold of whatever information we could but there was no Rogue One stuff released by Lucasfilm until after the DVD drop of The Force Awakens and seeing as how Rogue One is coming out at the same time of the year that Episode Seven came out, well, let's just jump to a conclusion and say Rogue One is going to come out on DVD at the beginning of April 2017. So then let's operate under the assumption then that by the end of April of 2017, we will have had our first teaser trailer and possibly even the title of Episode Eight. Oh, and isn't it interesting that April 13th through 16th, if I'm not mistaken, of 2017, that's when Star Wars Celebration Orlando is happening? So yeah, I think we know what's going to happen there. Episode Eight itself, of course, is in post-production right now. Ryan Johnson put out a photo of himself sitting in the editing bay getting ready to get started with that last month. Actually, not last month, because now it's September, so that would be back in July that he did that when they wrapped filming. And so, yeah, we've got a long ways to wait. And we haven't heard anything about reshoots for Episode 8 yet, although I'm sure they've got the time booked for that. So, yeah, when you start hearing talk about Episode 8 reshoots, don't panic. Don't panic. All right, let's move on to some Rogue One news, shall we? And the thing I mentioned at the top, the spoilery thing, I'm going to save that till after the break and after trivia, so that way you can hear all the Rogue One news that you want to hear, and then you can get the trivia question, and then you can bug out if you want to. So Rogue One is going to have a Force Friday-like event. It's happening on September 30th, and I had seen rumors or reports that it might be called Rogue Friday instead of Force Friday, which, when you think about it, would be appropriate considering that this is supposed to be a movie in which the Jedi 
are really a non-factor. Sure, maybe their influence is felt in the likes of Chirrut Imwe and you know all the people doing pilgrimages on Jeddah and that sort of thing, but no Jedi, so it would be kind of silly to call it Force Friday. It might make more sense to call it Rogue Friday. That being said, last year for Force Friday, all the products were under wraps until midnight of the Friday, September 4th, I believe it was. And this time, it's not working that way. Instead, they've released products for pre-order and given a lot of different previews of them. And the reason why you might care about this as a Star Wars fan, even if you're not a toy collector or anything like that, is that usually when the toys get released, we get a little bit more information about the movie and about the characters and about the vehicles. And there is one case in point that jumps right up, which is with the TIE Striker. And the pictures that we've seen of the TIE Striker seem to indicate that the wings of it are actually movable. Essentially, if you think about it like a bird's wings, they either flap up or flap down, and those two positions seem to be available for the TIE Striker. Whether they can actually move up and down that fast or not, of course, is an open question. And we haven't actually seen the TIE Striker in action just yet in any of the footage that we've seen so far. But the images of the Lego version of the TIE Striker show the wings in sort of an upward V and a downward V position. And so, yeah, that would seem to indicate some serious maneuverability in atmosphere, I would think. I don't think it would make any difference in space. But it gives it some really intriguing options for dogfights. So I think maybe there's a reason why we haven't seen the TIE Striker in any of the footage just yet. Maybe it's because they have some very cool reveals for us. And speaking of reveals, there were more photos revealed from Rogue One in the new issue of Empire Magazine. And there was not a lot of additional information necessarily that was revealed, although Gareth Edwards did give us some perspective on the Death Troopers. There was a very cool quote about the fact that they went back through the archives and actually looked at Ralph McQuarrie's original drawings for A New Hope. And here's the quote from Gareth Edwards. There was this particular image of a stormtrooper, he recalls, that felt really tall and skinny and looked cool and athletic. But when you put the armor on a normal person, they look fatter and a bit chunkier like an NFL player. So we decided to get hold of seven foot tall, very thin guys and create a stormtrooper outfit for them so they could have the look of these original drawings. And then the article goes on to say that after a black paint job, that became the Death Troopers, the Imperial Intelligence Elite and Director Krennic's Enforcers. So yeah, they're like Chewbacca tall, which is pretty amazing to consider. And also amazing to consider that this is now the second instance of very tall characters that we are encountering in Rogue One with K2SO, Alan Tudyk's motion capture droid. And I guess, of course, it should be the third, really, because, of course, Darth Vader being wicked tall, you know. It'd be interesting to see if they get in a scene together and if they <laughs> seem it's somehow less intimidating or more intimidating than Vader. Although there is another quote by Gareth Edwards about how he was looking at A New Hope and analyzing it from a filmmaker's perspective and noticing that Vader is always the tallest person in the room and that if you look at the eye line of everyone, Vader is always higher than everyone else, even if Vader is in the background and therefore, you know, he should seem smaller compared to somebody who's in the foreground, that it's never shot that way. He's still always the tallest figure on screen. And that, of course, is going to have me going straight back to A New Hope to watch those scenes again because that never occurred to me. And did it occur to you and I just missed it? You know, share your comments at the blog post for this show's episode and let me know what you think about that. That's a pretty interesting little trick. 
And that is the last thing that we're going to talk about before the break. After the break, we're going to talk trivia and then talk this reveal, which comes from the description of the novel Catalyst, Rogue One Catalyst, that's coming out in November. So stick around. Hey, Rebel Rouser. You're listening to this podcast. Maybe you'd like to listen to a Star Wars story, too. Luckily, we've got just the thing for you. We've partnered with Audible to give you a free download and a free 30-day trial of their awesome service. All you got to do is go to audibletrial.com SW7X7 to sign up and get your free download. They've got dozens of Star Wars titles. Anything you want to do to explore that galaxy far, far away. One more time for you, audibletrial.com SW7X7. All right, trivia first, then spoilers. Get ready! Okay, for what? Last time we asked you who got Han and Chewie into the thermal oscillator building on Starkiller Base, and that was Rey. Today's question, which character in The Force Awakens claimed to be able to fly anything? All right, this is your last chance to head for the exits. Here we go, Rogue One Catalyst. The synopsis for the novel has been revealed, and here it is. War is tearing the galaxy apart. For years, the Republic and the Separatists have battled across the stars, each building more and more deadly technology in an attempt to win the war. As a member of Chancellor Palpatine's top-secret Death Star project, Orson Krennic is determined to develop a superweapon before their enemies can, and an old friend of Krennic's, the brilliant scientist Galen Erso, could be the key. Galen's energy-focused research has captured the attention of both Krennic and his foes, making the scientist a crucial pawn in the galactic conflict. But after Krennic rescues Galen, his wife Lyra, and their young daughter Jin from Separatist kidnappers, the Urso family is deeply in Krennic's debt. Krennic then offers Galen an extraordinary opportunity to continue his scientific studies with every resource put utterly at his disposal. While Galen and Lyra believe that his energy research will be used purely in altruistic ways, Krennic has other plans that will finally make the Death Star a reality. Trapped in their benefactor's tightening grasp, the Ersos must untangle Krennic's web of deception to save themselves and the galaxy itself. So first of all, wow, bombshell dropped that Krennic and Erso have an established relationship. So that's number one. Very interesting fact number two is that this seems to be taking place in the Clone Wars time period in between episodes two and three, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Third fascinating fact, the young Jin Erso. So we never really tried to do the math on how old Felicity Jones' character is in Rogue One at the time of the movie. And she herself is 32 years old for what that's worth. But you have to go back. So it would be 19 years before Rogue One to have her be in Revenge of the Sith. And then if she's alive during the Clone Wars, then she has to be at least 22 years old in Rogue One. And it's probably fair to say that she's a bit older than 22 in all reality. That's not meant to be any sort of comment that you should take badly casting aspersions on her looks or anything like that. That's just me running the numbers and thinking about what makes sense. If she was a young girl who, well, let's add item four into this so that way I don't get in too much hot water. The fact that we have those scenes that we've seen in Rogue One, both in still footage and also in moving footage, as it were, of the Death Troopers on what is likely to have been Jin Erso's former home planet. 
So Mads Mikkelsen, who plays Galen Erso, Jin's dad, has stated that the movie does take place in different time periods. And so it's entirely possible that we could be seeing our first straight-up flashback, not a force-back like in The Force Awakens, but our first straight-up flashback in Rogue One with the scene with the Death Troopers. This could be the scene where the Death Troopers come and keep the Separatist kidnappers away from Galen and Lyra and Jin. And then could also be the explanation for one of the most curious images of the entirety of this whole Rogue One situation, which is the image of a Death Trooper holding a little Stormtrooper dolly. And in fact, it would likely mean that we have to correct ourselves and think that this is not a Stormtrooper doll, this is a Clone Trooper doll. And then the last question to chew on is, how long exactly has Jin been away from her parents? We do know that she's been on her own since the age of 15. We know that as a young girl, she was apparently in the grasp of Orson Krennic, but she got out somehow. And we don't necessarily know whether her parents got out. So that's an open question as well. But the fact that the three of them were all under the thumb of Orson Krennic suggests that maybe... I'm just going out for a rumor here or two or a you know conjecture, I guess is probably the better word to say, that maybe they managed to get Jin out somehow and you know let her be free and on her own. So from the age of 15, she was able to escape with or without the aid of her parents and get away from the Empire and get you know to doing her own thing. So this also then raises the question of whether... Like I said, Galen and Lyra are still being held by the Empire. There's a scene in the behind-the-scenes video of Rogue One that was released for Celebration Europe that shows Cassie Nandor, Diego Luna's character, walking up to a woman and putting his hands on both sides of her face. And it doesn't look like... I don't know. It, it's, it's not really certain... It could be that this was actually during filming as opposed to it being a behind-the-scenes shot of somebody. I'm not sure who. And I haven't seen any other opinions on this. I don't know who that woman is. But it's entirely possible that that could be Lyra Urso. Maybe they actually discover Galen and Lyra on Scarif. Again, this is conjecture more than anything else. But supposedly there is a Lyra Urso being played in the movie. And there's an IMDb listing for her. But that can be edited by anybody. So you have to take that with a grain of salt. Anyway... Lots and lots of really interesting stuff to chew on as a result of this Rogue One Catalyst synopsis. But that is as far as we're going to take it today. So thank you very much for tuning in. And I hope for all of our U.S. listeners that you have a wonderful extended Labor Day weekend. We will still be broadcasting all weekend along. So don't forget to download us and take us wherever you might be going. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you challenge a Jedi holding the high ground, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if the show's been worth your time, please support us at patreon.com SW7x7. It's not a triple amputation, it's destiny unleashed. Podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2016 Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.